Praise God. Okay. Well, let's finish up this increasing our capacity. Has anybody enjoyed it? Has it been helpful? Okay, well, today's going to be super, super, super helpful because I am just going to pound out a whole bunch of practical, practical, practical application of how we can begin to enlarge our capacity as people, how we can enlarge our capacity so that God can pour more into us, right? Remember the illustration we've been using is, is we've got a whole bunch of blessing, but our capacity is kind of small. And we looked at that story that Jesus told about the, the, the um, servants who he gave uh, five and two and one talents, each according to their ability. And as the people of God, we want to increase our ability so that God can trust us with more. Amen? Amen. Well, there's some real practical ways, and I want to share just a whole bunch of those. And so if you take notes, I encourage you to do it. If you don't take notes, I encourage you to do it too. Amen. So in other words, take notes. But there's really kind of three big practical ways, but within each, um, each one of these, um, there's going to be some sub-points. And again, practical application is important so that we can walk this out in reality, right? right. I mean, again, you know, we... We have these wonderful encounters with the Lord in our corporate gatherings when we worship. And God moves and he shows up and he touches us. And things do happen. But, but sometimes there's kind of a, a gap between kind of that experience of Sunday morning and how we walk it out on Monday morning. Sometimes we come here and we get our goosebumps and we get the, the prayer and we get anointed and we get you know, caught up in his presence and then we go back to Monday morning doing the same old things. Acting the same old ways with the same old attitudes. And the way we break out of that is we take what is being shared and preached and we apply it. That's important. And so here's one of the first things. If you want to really want to enlarge your capacity, and I shared a little bit of this at the first of the year, but you've got to have a personal plan, a personal growth plan. Write that down. And remember I said that if we plan, or if we fail to plan, what happens? We are planning to fail. So we've got to have a target that we're aiming at. If you aim at nothing, guess what you hit? You hit nothing. Remember, several years ago, gosh, I don't remember how long ago it was, Eric taught a message called Habit. Anybody remember that at all? Habit. And it's, it was an acronym that stood for H, have a plan. A, you need to acknowledge God. B, you need to build accountability into your life. I is you have to internalize the word of God. And then the T means it takes time. And that was really good. And so when we think about a plan 
to develop our personal capacity, a lot of times that means finding resources, utilizing resources, reading books, watching videos, getting you know, in classes like uh, parenting you know, your kids, workshops, anything that you perceive will equip you for the next stage of life, for the place that you want to be, the place where you want to grow to. Now, we need resources in the form of books and, and, and education, but we also need resources in the form of people. Everybody say people. We need people. We need people who can speak into our lives, who can disciple, can mentor, can encourage, can impart something. A mentor is someone who has something we need and who can help lead us where we want to go. You've got to develop a personal growth plan so you can get to where you see yourself going. Do you, do you see yourself down the road? Does, do you have a vision? Is it just to get to retirement and then die? I hope not. You know, there's no retirement in the Bible. Where do you see yourself going if you don't have a plan? You'll never get there. A lot of times we get promoted, but we get promoted to a place of incompetency. Meaning, you wanted to, to try this out, or you want to do this job, or you wanted to have this position, and, and all of it, you get it. But then all of a sudden you realize, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have the skills or the tools. A lot of times that's where our frustration comes from. We actually start breaking under that pressure. I mean, I've seen it on the worship team. We've had people come and they, they uh, do their assessment and they, they get on and they start to involve themselves and then all of a sudden they realize that it's not as simple as it looks and they crack and they don't know how to engage and they don't know how to lead and they don't know what it takes. And they got, they got promoted to a place where they were Incompetent because they didn't take the time to get the skills and the knowledge. So we have to have a plan. See, we have to continue to become and remain competent at each level that God promotes us to. A lot of times we blame God. We blame leadership. We blame our boss. I want you to know it's not your boss's fault. 
not leaders' fault. It's not even God's fault. It's our fault. We've got to learn to stretch at every level. My son Benjamin, he's 11 years old now. He doesn't need a diaper anymore because he's grown competent. I think sometimes of how many adults are still messing their pants emotionally or spiritually. I mean, it's hard to sometimes when I look o- over our congregation and I, I, I see how long some of you have been in the faith. Some of us have been in the faith. And by this time, you should be having spiritual sons and daughters. It's not okay. You can't keep putting on adult uh, diapers. And I know that's hard to hear. But God is he's transitioning us this year out of our spiritual immaturity, out of our spiritual infancy. We're, 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 God's calling us to leave sin, our bad attitudes, our selfish ways. He's asking us to leave those childish things behind. And act like men and women. Men and women who have a vision. Who are called to reach another generation. God is reaching out his hand of deliverance and freedom this year. If you want it. If you want it. He's not going to force it on you. We are growing to the place that we're going. You know, there's, I think sometimes we, we vacillate between thinking really terribly about ourselves, between thinking almost too highly of ourselves. I think what the Lord wants us to learn to do is to begin to anticipate the the promotion, the blessing that he wants to bring to our life. He wants us to anticipate it so that we can be prepared, so that we can begin preparing ourselves for that move that God has for us. Let's look at Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. It says, then the Lord answered me and he said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Have you made your vision plain yet? I asked you, what's your vision for 2014? What are you going to do this year? Have you made it plain yet so that you can run with it? 
Have you put it down on paper? And then who else knows about it? Are you going to build in accountability or is it going to be a secret so that if you fail, no one knows but you? Welcome, youth team. Let you all get seated. You know, all through the Bible, God had plans. All throughout the word of God, he laid plan after plan after plan after plan out before his people. I mean, think about it. Solomon, King Solomon, he had a detailed plan for the temple in 2 Chronicles chapters 3 and 4. Noah had a plan for the ark in Genesis chapter 6. Moses had a detailed plan for the tabernacle. God wasn't leaving the details to his little guys, was he? He gave every detail of everything, how he wanted it built, how he wanted it to be led, how he wanted it to go forth. And now here we are, we are building our lives. What are we using for the plan? The Bible is full of instructions on how to be successful in marriage, how to be successful in business, how to raise children, how to be healthy. But do you have a plan to get what's in that book into your heart and out and through your hands? When you have a plan, it really helps to guarantee the completion of whatever project you're going for. Let's read Luke chapter 14, verse 28. It says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. We have to have a plan to find out what it's going to cost you to fulfill your vision. You want to be a leader in the kingdom of heaven? It's going to cost you. You want to have successful business? It's going to cost you. You want anointing to break sin and death and sickness? It's going to cost you. So what resources do you need to have? What people do you need to learn from? How much time are you going to invest? These are all questions you should be asking yourself. You know, one of my callings in life is to help people bring spiritual and practical together. That's why God sent me to go be a leadership coach. So I can help you with your mission. So I can help equip you to go to the next level in God. And here's something real important we've got to understand. 
I want you to realize that prayer does not replace planning. And listen, planning does not replace your praying. You cannot do one without the other. Praying reveals the plan of God to our heart. Planning helps us to walk out the will of God. So here's number two. Write this down. To increase your personal capacity, you need to develop next level habits. See, here's the thing. You don't actually decide your future. You decide your habits. And guess what your habits do? They decide your future. Let me say that again. You don't decide your future. You decide the habits that you have. And the habits that you have, they are deciding your future. So what you are doing habitually, you are becoming permanently. So we have to take inventory of the habits or the routines in our life. And we have to ask the question, are these habits or these routines, are they keeping me stuck at the same place in life or are they empowering me to move to the next stage of God? For example, your spending habits. If we were to say, look at your checkbook right now or go to your online account, would we see that you are paying for past mistakes? Living in the present week by week? Check to check? Or would we see that you're actually planning for the future? Are you investing in your future or are you just paying interest on your past purchases? What about our time? Are you losing track of time? Are you running out of time? Are you making good time? You know, time is just like money. You can spend your time. You can save time. You can waste time. Or you can invest your time. See, it's these habits that determine if you're going to stay right where you're at, or if you're moving on with the Lord. What about health? Are you living a preventative lifestyle or a prescriptive lifestyle? Are you taking your vitamins and exercising when you're healthy or only when you get sick? You know, you can't serve God very well if you're sick all the time. You need a thriving life to do all of God's will. 
I mean, don't wait till you get sick to begin working on getting healthy. Get healthy now. Your habits are determining your future. And here's the thing. When we change our habits, guess what happens to our future? We start going in a different direction. We change our habits, our future starts to change. You know, there's two books that have just, I'm just sure they've revolutionized my life. The first, of course, is the Bible. But the second is a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Anybody read that? You, you, and parts of it over here. Awesome. Well, it's a book I actually picked up at a Morning Star worship conference back in 2001. Now, here's a great, I'm going to share just a great example of, of um, not putting to work the resources God has given you, okay? This is mine. I'm telling on me. So I bought that book in May of 2001, and it sat on my bookshelf until like the end of 2002. I mean, I just, I don't know, just never read it. But here's the thing. When I picked that book up and I finally started reading it, it changed me forever. In fact, it was reading that book that actually led me to pursue being certified as a personal leadership coach. That as I read this this wisdom, it awoken something inside of me that said, this is what I'm about. You see, The thing is, is that if we don't take the first step and follow the path that God lays before us, we are missing out on the incredible blessing. The blessing that comes after obedience. Now, one of the reasons that this book, Seven Habits, has blessed me so much was, again, the information it, it, it resonated something. It, it spoke to me, and it helped unveil who I was as a person. It was like, this guy gets me. I understand. It's like, I mean, have you ever read a book like that or watched a movie? We'll say a movie. Oh, I so relate with this person. They just like me. Man, when you feel alive. And it blessed me because it really, truly supported my journey with the Lord. You know, in the book, there's a habit, number two, as a matter of fact. It has to do with this thing of vision. It says, habit number two says, begin with the end in mind. In other words, every time you get to do something in life, think about how do I want this thing to end up? What's my vision? God gave the end in mind to Moses when he said, build a tabernacle. He said, here it is. Here's what it's going to look like. Did Moses just start building stuff? And then God said, okay, now today, here's the, you're going to build this part. You're going to build that part. No. God said, here it is. I've laid it all out before you. Here's the plan. Here's the end. It's going to look like this. Do not stray at all. I mean, think about it, you know. So many of you are on vacation. 
by the podcast when you get this. I mean, who leaves on vacation without knowing where they're going? Some of you may. I'm sure there's some wacky people out there. I'm just getting in the car and driving. Whoa, I don't know where we're going to end up. You may have just drove a block around the country mile that you live on, but hey. But think about it. We don't go on vacation if we don't know where we're going, right? Again, not unless you want to just wander the country. But even those who like to wander the country, they even have little waymarks, don't they? Little destinations. Oh, I want to stop by this place. And oh, I want to go by Mammoth Cave. And oh, we're going to be down in this area. Let's go to the Smoky Mountains. And uh, you know, I mean, at least you got little markers. If nothing else, where's the next bathroom? (laughs) That's a destination (laughs) that you're thinking about, especially if you're traveling with children. Where's the next McDonald's? No, before you get in the car, you're deciding, am I going, we're going to Florida, we're going to Hawaii, we're going to California, we're going to Gatlinburg, going to Moreland, wherever. Wherever your big destination is, go see the Mizu. But once we decide where we're going, then we decide how we're going to get there. Am I going to take I-75? Am I going to take I-65? Am I going to travel 40? What am I going to do? So again, it's asking that question. What kind of leader do you want to be? What kind of spouse do you want to be? What kind of employee? What kind of follower of Christ do you want to be? You've got to make a list of destinations. This is who I want to be. And then after you've made that list of destinations, then what habits do I need to get there? Because you're the driver. And your habits are the car. I mean, you know... We just, we just want God to just do it for us. God, just, just change me. Just make me different. Well, he did. <laughs> when you got saved, you're a brand new person. You are absolutely brand new. But you came along with some baggage. You got some bad habits. You got some thinking that's not quite right. What are you going to do with all that? You know, there's another habit we have that I think we don't realize or understand sometimes, and that's it's our thinking habits, the thought patterns that we have. What about your speaking habits, the things you say about yourself and others? Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. I hate reading. I'm no good at reading. I can't comprehend anything. It's just too hard. What are your speaking habits? I mean, if you're going to be a better spouse, you might think about stop nagging so much. 
Oh, settle down, ladies. Yes, we know the guys are tools. <laughs> okay. If you want to be a better spouse, quit. Quit watching TV all day and do the laundry. Where's the ladies? Come on now. I mean, the list just goes on. The things that we, we think, the things we speak, they're keeping you down. Or they're building you up. That's it. They're keeping you down or they're building you up. What kind of sleeping habits do you have? <laughs> oh my goodness, we don't even want to go there. Hey, listen, I watch you drag in here at 1030. Because you were up till 230. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are your eating habits? What are your reading habits? You know, a leader is a reader, or at least an audiobook listener. <laughs> I'm willing to work with you on this. <laughs> Seriously, you've got to enlarge your capacity. You've got to develop your next level habits right now. Start speaking words of faith. Listen, what you tolerate to authorize, you tolerate to exist. The things that you tolerate in your life, the thoughts, the attitudes, the people, the behaviors, the habits, everything that you tolerate, you authorize it to have a place in your life. Here, you can have this part of my life. Bad thought number 75, take over this part of my life. I'm not going to challenge you at all. Spending habit number 22, go ahead, drain me dry. I can't say no to Diet Coke. You cannot change what you are unwilling to confront. So confront your habits now. Yeah. Number three, write it down, please. To increase your personal capacity, you've got to identify your capacity limitations. We have to discover why can I not get beyond an eight-ounce cup worth of blessing. Now, there's two kinds of limitations. To increase your personal capacity, you have to identify your capacity limitations. And here's two different kinds. One, one kind of limitation is the kind that we can do something about, and the other is the kind that we can do nothing about. Here's my example. For instance... If I wanted to be an NBA professional basketball player. Oh, thanks. You're laughing already. <laughs> oh, whatever, Tom. You're a fantasy guy. Yeah. Let's, okay, let's just pretend I wanted to be. 
Okay, the first reality check is that at my, you know, ginormous height of five foot eight inches, it's really just not going to serve me well, is it? No, it's not going to get me there. You see, my height is a limitation that I can do nothing about. They're not going to let me buy two or 18-inch, you know, basketball shoes, play kiss basketball, I guess. I don't know. They're just not going to let me do that. My height is a limitation that I can do nothing about. But here's the thing. We love to get silly about this. We love to get silly and start praying and confessing and believing God's going to grow me 18 inches after I'm done with puberty. It's never going to happen. You're silly. God didn't equip me to be a pro basketball player. Not at all. Instead, I need to get honest with myself and realize that God has something else for me. But however, let's say I desire to own and operate a restaurant, but I have a limitation of no management experience. Well, guess what? I can actually overcome that. I can actually overcome that limitation. I can actually go get an education on restaurant management. I can take classes. I can talk to people who have managed restaurants before me. But listen, if you keep spending your time on the limitations that you can do nothing about, and you keep ignoring the limitations that you can do something about, guess what? You're going to be frustrated again. Stop being silly. So here are four things, four limitations that I know you can do something about. And we're close to being done, so hang in there. But I told you, this is going to be super practical. I quoted three verses in the Bible. We got our, our daily three. Okay? But here it is. Four things you can do something about. Number one, the way you think. Your thoughts. Your thinking limitations. Most people want to live in the present while walking toward their future. They want to live a large and expansive life. But here's the thing. Their memories keep them tied to their past, stealing their future. You know, Proverbs says this. It says that as a man thinks in his heart... So he will become. We are a product of our thoughts. What are you thinking about yourself right now? I'm hungry. <laughs> You're a hungry person then. You see, your thinking patterns and habits, because of those, we, we end up taking all the talent that God gave us. Here, here, have this, be this, do great things with this. But because of our, the way we think and the habits of how we think, 
we end up burying, right? Remember the guy with one talent? What did he do? He had some thoughts, didn't he? He had some thoughts about the Lord. He says, here's what I think about you. You're a hard man. You reap where you don't sow, and you collect where you didn't give. And so I took your money and I hid it. That's a thought. And how did it end up for him? Not good. We have to break out of our old thoughts. You know, our mindsets, because of our mindsets, our preconditioned thinking, a lot of times it won't allow you to have a new thought to give you a better future. But we have to take those thoughts, and the Bible says to do what with them? Capture them and throw them down. Any thought that exalts itself against Christ, Christ's plan for your life, you got to capture it and throw it down. Otherwise, it's holding you hostage. What you think and believe, listen to this. What you think and you believe, it is a magnet for situations and circumstances to be drawn to you. Man, I cannot tell you how many people that keep getting themselves in the same pickle. They keep ending up in the same problem over and over and over. Because they have a magnet that their thoughts and their beliefs are pulling onto them. Listen, you either believe by faith or you believe by fear. So the way you think is a limitation you can absolutely do something about. Next one, a skill limitation. We have to do our part to make sure we're qualified for the promotion that we're praying for. Did you hear what I said? You have to make sure that you are qualified for the promotion you are praying for. God's not going to promote you to a place of incompetence. What classes are you taking? What books are you reading? What wisdom are you gleaning from others? Are you ready to own a restaurant? Are you ready to start preaching to the masses? Are you ready for management? Are we ready for 300 people to show up at New Covenant? 500 people? 1,000? Are we ready for that? I mean, this isn't a game. We're going to need more children's church workers if that happens. We're going to need more money to operate for a bigger facility. More parking spaces, more connect group leaders, more disciple makers, more spiritual moms and dads. Are you ready? Are you preparing yourself? Or are you just limited? If God brings increase to our church, are we going to have the net to catch it? Or will it break? I want you to know, more people means more work. Otherwise, we can just stay our little hundred. I don't think that's God's will. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10 says this. It says, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. Now, that sounds like a big duh. <laughs> dull axe? I'm just beating this wood in half. <laughs> right? Well, listen, in the seven habits of highly effective people, habit number seven is this. It's called sharpening the saw. See, wisdom tells us, sharpen your saw and you can get through the wood a lot quicker. In other words, what that means is how are you sharpening your saw? Your saw consists of your spirituality. It consists of your emotions. It, it, it consists of your intellectual capacity, your physical capacity. All of those things have to be honed and sharp, ready to go. So you can absolutely do something about your skill limitation. Number three, your resource limitation. Most people have a desire to get out of debt, but they cannot control their spending. And when we refuse to live within the limits, within the means that God has given us, then you're going to constantly overspend. You're going to keep acquiring debt. And you know what that debt does? It limits you. It is a noose around your neck. How many times do we say no to the will of God because I can't financially afford to do it? So increasing your capacity involves, it encompasses identifying what resources God has already given you and then stewarding them in a way that brings him honor. Time resources, financial resources, people resources. It's all a stewardship. Everything you have is just on loan. You don't own any of it. It's all his. So that question we asked earlier, what have you been given? And what are you doing with it? Number four. Number four limitation that you can absolutely do something about is your relationship limitations. You know, there's a saying in the business world that you're only as good as the people who surround you. Statistics show that you reach, you are usually at the same income level as those who you spend most of your life with. You can see how people, when they surround themselves with certain people, keeps them down. How many times have we had or seen someone come to the Lord and 
They've come right out of the world. And they go right back to that same group of people. How long do they last usually without having another group of people who are constantly surrounding them? They don't last. Listen, every relationship you have with another person, it is either a river that is moving you closer to your dreams or it is a river taking you away from them. We become like those we hang out with. It's a fact. So we have to look at our relationships and we have to see what limitations they're placing on us or what blessings they're bringing. And to come to think about it, what kind of blessing or ball and chain are you to the people in your life? Are you someone somebody wants around? Are you a builder-upper or a terror-downer? I mean, it's not, you're not just a victim of the crowd. You're an influencer if you want to be. Are your relationships helping you move towards God's plan for your life, or are they moving you away from them? That's a hard question. Are they encouraging you to be faithful and obedient to the word of the Lord? Or are they actually giving you a good excuse to compromise? I mean, this is in the church. We love when we, when we feel like, hey, tithing's not New Testament anymore. Guess who we like to talk to about tithing? Other people who think tithing isn't New Testament. We love that. Hey, you know, it's okay. What do we do? You know, the Bible says it's okay to drink. Of course it is. It's okay to drink. But guess what? We do. We like to indulge with others who also feel the same way. We don't usually hang out with the guy or girl that says, you know what? I know it's okay to drink, but I choose not to. We just don't. We keep company with that which makes us comfortable. Not that which brings challenge to our life. Who I am determines who I'm in a relationship with. And who I'm in relationship with determines who I am. So I want you to take a heart check. You know, when you've been around this one and that one and this group and that group, check your heart when you walk away. How, how did that help me? What am I feeling right now? Am I discouraged Am I angry? Am I critical? Am I full of promise? Am I blessing? Am I full of joy? Think about it. Check your heart when you're around your peeps. How are they uh, affecting you? Are they lifting your life or are they limiting your life? You know, here's... This is important. When God wants to bless you, he puts a person in your life. When the devil wants to curse you, <laughs> he puts a person in your life. 
your ability to discern the difference of who you're spending your time with is really going to determine how you're living in blessing or in cursing. Church, increasing your capacity is not a destination. It's a journey. Listen, if we want to move from faith to faith, glory to glory, victory to victory, you've got to be committed to the journey. Committed to being stretched Committed to being enlarged. Committed to being challenged. Remember Eric preached last year sometime about, are you a confrontable person? Remember that? That's what this is about. Let's pray. I hope you put some of this to, to application. I, I, I really do. I hope you take some of it and make some good use of it. Obey the word of God. Write it down. Make it plain so that you can run with it. You don't have to have the whole thing figured out. Just have something. Have something. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for rubber hitting the road in our lives. I thank you for truth being applied. I thank you, God, that this is not just going to be in our head. It's not going to just be in our heart. It's going to work itself out through our hands. As we are a doer people, not just a hearer people. So today, Father, I just I commission this group today to go enlarge your capacity in Jesus' name. Go forth and allow the Lord to stretch you beyond your comfort levels today. God didn't call you to a comfortable life. He called you to an obedient one. So Father, we pray that we would obey and go where you lead us. We need help, Lord. We thank you for your encouragement, for your blessing, for your promise to go with us, God. We're not orphans that you're just sending off, telling us good luck, I hope you make it. But you're actually with us in this journey. And we promise we'll enjoy you and we will enjoy each other as we go, Father. And it is in your awesome name that we pray today. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for anything today, the altar team will be up here to pray for your needs. Baptism, 3 o'clock at the YMCA.